Welcome to the second episode of Mouth Stuff with Nick and Nick. I'm Nick. I'm also Nick. And we have a very special holiday episode tonight. And we have our guests with us, very first guests on Mouth Stuff. We have my wife, Regan. Hello, I'm Regan. And our good friend, Liz. Hello, I'm Liz. So this special holiday episode, we are going to talk about some of our favorite Christmas movies or holiday movies. And we've got some holiday themed trivia, at least I do. I do as well. I did my work. Liz and I did not. Yes. So they will be playing with us. Uh, And for those of you who listened last week, you know that I uh, won last time when it came to trivia. That's that's debatable. debatable. I mean, not if you look at the points, but. Who looks at points for trivia? That's fair. No, it's not. (laughs) So without any further ado, we will jump into our favorite holiday movies. I have come up with my top five favorite holiday movies, uh, and everybody else has come up with some favorite holiday movies as well. I had to do five uh, because you really outdid me last week. week, Yeah, last week when you were talking about the score of your movies and all of that. uh, I didn't bring score in, but I did come up with five movies. I don't know if you came up with five, but. I came up with five, and I also talked about the music. We're gonna go in. Is it ascending order if you start at five or descending order? Descending. Okay, we're gonna go in descending (laughs) order. My number five favorite holiday movie uh, is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Anyone? Okay, so I feel like the first issue is, are there any other Home Alones on your list? No, that is my favorite Home Alone. So you're also then saying that is the best Home Alone. Yes, that is the best Home Alone and is my fifth favorite holiday movie. And I will explain why it's better than the first one. Okay. Uh, so the first one, we don't really get to know as much about Kevin. Uh, Kevin just kind of wishes his family would disappear and then wakes up and his family's gone. And then he has a fun time. And then he tries to protect his house. In the second movie, we get to really see Uh, that Kevin is a good person. He donates money to that charity at the toy store uh, and he tries to stop the toy store from getting robbed because the charity, the money is going to the children's hospital. So he's really a good kid. Although we'll talk about the other end of that where apparently he's also a sociopath. Um, But he's a good kid. You get more of the development from him. You also get more characters involved. It's not just him and the bandits. You also get uh, Tim Curry's character, I think is funny in it. Uh, Rob Schneider's character has a little bit in him. He's not quite as funny. Uh, So you get more characters involved. You get more of a story from it. So what do you guys think of Home Alone 2, Lost in New York? I have a very controversial opinion. Oh, gosh. My favorite Home Alone movie is actually the third one. Oh, okay. So Liz will no longer be joining us on this. (laughs) Goodbye forever. I have no reasons. I don't know. That's just what I was actually... gonna say my favorite is the first one, but I think it's just because I don't know, it's his first time classic. doing it and it's a classic. And also um in the first home alone, you know, there's the reason why he doesn't call 911 and stuff is because of a whole variety of reasons, or at least that's what I've seen. 
you know, they were out of power for a while, the phone lines were down for a while, um, you know, all these different things happened. And so he kind of felt like he was forced to do these things to an extent, although like he said, some people think that he was a sociopath. Um, the second home alone, he proved that he could call 911 at any point in time by calling 911 at some point in time <laughs> by just going to a payphone. And like, he never tried to find his family. Like the only reason they found him was because somebody else reported the credit card stolen. So I, well, I get what you're saying about him being a good person. Cause he's like trying to donate to charity and like, he's a sweet kid and stuff. He also like willingly spent all of his dad's money and didn't try to contact his parents. Okay. If, if, I, if, money. if I may, and we've had this conversation before he has God awful parents. Well, yeah. <laughs> and his parents left him for a second time, but this time they left him with money. So of course he's going to make sure that he's safe and has a place to stay. And he's going to spend a little bit of extra money because his parents left him again for a second consecutive Christmas. He has a good mom who cares he about it. Does him. not but have a good mom. Time, his parents have a lot going on. Okay. I challenge you. <laughs> If you can't be his mother, if you can't keep, I'm, I understand that they have a lot going on, but maybe they should stop taking elaborate trips last minute. Uh, and they should have more than one alarm clock in their house and yes. they should be more prepared, have all of their bags already by the door. If they're going to, especially if the first movie, the power goes out, so they don't have the alarm. So they're running around. I get that. So the next year they plan another super elaborate Christmas vacation. So why wouldn't everybody have their bags packed by the door just in case something happened? So then I would like to point out that your point just means that Home Alone 1 is better than Home Alone 2 because you just said that Home Alone 2, they are really dumb and should have been more prepared since it happened that way in Home Alone 1. Like yeah. Home Alone 1 was understandable. Home Alone 2 was- None bad. of that has to do with Kevin. Your argument was that Home Alone 2 was the better Home Alone. It is. I think we're missing the main point here. <laughs> And that Liz told us she preferred Home Alone 3. <laughs> yeah, let's unpack that, that for true. a little while. I have not <laughs> seen that movie. I mean, you know, the I'm parrot, judging. come on. It does have a talking parrot. It has yes, a talking which... parrot. They steal a dog. <laughs> it makes sense that he's Home Alone. He's got the chicken pox. It's fair. Yeah, but does that one even take place over Christmas? No. There's I snow. think it's holiday-ish. I don't know. He's got long pajamas on. <laughs> well that's when else do you wear long pajamas but christmas always we actually <laughs> i we were really supposed don't know. to do that before we started talking about movies but we were supposed to discuss what makes a, a movie a holiday movie oh, uh, yeah. and we skipped that because i was super excited about uh, my now. defense of home alone too so what do you guys think makes a good or sorry what qualifies something as a holiday movie because some people are like you know die hard's a holiday movie some people say it's not uh, using that logic, you could argue that Iron Man 3 is a holiday movie. So things, well, it's, I guess some people do. I, yeah. I've already said this about Die Hard. I did not, I guess it's, I, I never really saw Die Hard until this argument came about. And we watched it with a few people. And for the premise of deciding whether or not it was a holiday movie. And after the movie, we conclusively decided that it was in fact a Christmas movie. 
because there's a lot of like symbolism, you know, having Santa Claus everywhere. He says, ho, 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 at some point in time. Like there's certain parts of the movie that clearly make it aimed at it's happening at Christmas time. So like, but at the same time, a movie on my list, some, in my opinion, it's like I could, it happens at Christmas time, but is it really about Christmas in itself? So in that case, is it a holiday movie? So your answer is Santa Claus's? No, my answer is, well, you didn't like when I used this word before, but like holiday iconography, like having things specific to a, a specific holiday in the movie and having references to that thing. So like having a reference to Santa Claus or having a reference to Christmas or something like that. Now, if it's just something that happens in December, I don't know that I consider that a holiday movie. Well, it's like Love Actually, right? Like, I always forget that Love Actually is supposed to be a Christmas movie because it does take place over Christmas. To me, it's just like a convenient excuse to watch Love Actually. See, that's the one that's on my list. And that's not a Christmas movie. (laughs) And see, that's the one that's on my list. Why do you think Love Actually isn't a Christmas movie? Because I haven't seen it yet. He's never never seen Love Actually? Yeah. Yeah, and see I'm that's the movie. Hard, if that makes you feel that's better. the movie I have on my. Should I talk about it since we're I mean, talking yeah, about talk about it. we're talking okay. about. It. Well, I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> fine. I don't care. So I actually put Love Actually as one of my favorite Christmas movies, and for those at home, I'm putting that in quotes um, because kind of like Liz was saying, and how everybody's saying, is it really technically a Christmas movie? No, but does it have a lot of Christmas things in it? Yes, it has a Christmas play. There's a girl that sings All I Want for Christmas is You. There's a main character who's a rock star who comes out with a Christmas album. So it's like, yes, it is a Christmas movie, which is why people watch it. But is that the whole point of the movie? No, Um, but it is one of my favorite movies. And like for me, the reason why I think it's such an excellent movie is it has just an incredible cast. I mean, it has Liam Neeson, Keira Knightley, Colin Frith, Andrew Lincoln, Hugh Grant, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, and more. Like it has this ridiculous all-star cast. And it's not, it's like the first movie where you had those interconnected relationships, but without it being cheesy and overly done. And it's like actually good acting and not crap acting that just is supposed to be, you know, tied together by this somewhat interesting storyline. And so like, I think it's the best version of these interconnected movies. (laughs) But to me, it like, it has certain iconic scenes in it about it. Well, here's the deal. So it's called Love Actually, because if you watch the movie, it talks about how love is actually all around us and how that's the point of the holiday season and understanding that love can happen in a lot of different ways. So it follows the love stories of different people, but it's not just like, you know, romantic love stories. It also talks about the complicated parts of love stories. Like there's a couple of different relationships where someone has cheated on someone else and how that has negatively impacted them. Or my, one of my favorite storylines is the one between Liam Neeson's character and his stepson, Sam, because Sam's mom died and um, he falls in love with this girl in school and Liam Neeson tries to help him become like this great, you know, quote unquote boyfriend, even though, you know, he doesn't even know her just to get her attention. So he gets her a drum set and they watch Titanic and it's like this whole big thing. And it's, it's just such a nice, relationship between you know a stepfather and a 
stepson with, you know, who doesn't have a mother anymore and how there's like different types of relationships and interconnectedness. Um, there's just so many good things. And then in terms of it being a Christmas movie, there's just a whole bunch of really funny things that occur in the movie. I think one of my funniest thing is there's a line that Emma Thompson says when her daughter's in the Christmas play about how many lobsters were there at the birth of Jesus. And I just like, I don't know. It's just, I think there's just I think there so were children many dressed like things. lobsters, right? Yeah. Okay. There were two lobsters. Yeah. So there were, um, it was a Christmas play. It's a Christmas play. And the mom had to make a lobster con uh, costume for her daughter. And she was very confused. There's also an octopus in this play. And I just think that's awesome. Um, um, and then obviously, like I said, there's a lot of other just iconic scenes in that movie that just make it so great. Like the scene where Andrew Lincoln holds up the signs, um, which I, if you've seen anything from that movie, you know that it's like he puts the signs down. That is a big meme nowadays. It is a big meme. You've probably seen that meme, yeah. right? Nick. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, and I, I've seen the scene play out too. And again, oh, that's another one of those scenes also. where it's like, it's kind of a, it's a very sad situation. I don't know if you know anything about that situation, but um, I know spoilers, um, but it's because he's in love with his best friend's wife and it's him trying to express <laughs> his love for her. The but, look that yeah, Nick just he, does, he doesn't need he doesn't need to watch that. But it's for closure. It has nothing to do with him trying to get the girl. Like it's for, the, for him to just like express his feelings. For the record, though, I'm absolutely in love with your wife and would do that. <sighs> I'm talking right to you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind I don't of don't think you have to worry about me. Figured. Yeah. Oh no, I do have to worry about. Okay. That. Just so you know, this is how I felt when you had like this great explanation of Catch Me If You Can, and I was just like, never seen it. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's just like it. Just to me, sounds like this movie takes place around Christmas, and you could probably it's take out the Christmas and still be a pretty good movie. Maybe put around Valentine's Day. I don't know. Maybe um, well, that's literally that's what they did used. with the movie Valentine's Day. Yeah, I think that's why it's used right. in that instance. Yeah. So to me, I don't know. It doesn't really, for me, embody... I can't wait to hear your movies so yeah. I just shit all over them. But I, feel like, but I could, too. at the same degree, say the exact same thing about Home Alone. Like, no. Home Alone doesn't have to take place at Christmas time. It could literally take place at any point in time. So yeah. if Love Actually is not really a Christmas movie, then neither should Home Alone well, be. What is he going to put in front of the windows to stop the burglars if he has no, like, If you've seen ornaments. Home Alone 3. No one should watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... Oh, well, in Love Actually, there are gifts and there's, there's an entire sequence about a washed up, you know, rock star creating a holiday song to try to become relevant again. Like there's See, a lot of specific things that are Christmas related, more so almost than Home Alone. I, I would definitely agree that Love Actually should be considered a Christmas movie. So I think really what makes a movie a Christmas movie is not what's on the screen, it's what's in here. Which is all about love. Which is your heart that we yes. just pointed at. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was implied, I think. <laughs> I could have pointed can, at a wallet. Can we get back to my list? Or... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> my movie no, came up. No, because this was a great segue to my fourth favorite Christmas movie. 
Okay. Because we were talking about Christmas is in here and not in your wallet. And I did yeah. the heart gesture again. And that was totally um, intentional. Because my fourth movie is a direct challenge to uh, how Christmas has become all about gifts and this crazy consumerism involved in Christmas. Uh, because my fourth favorite Christmas movie is Jingle All the Way. It's horrible. <laughs> what, it's so what is bad. horrible about that right. movie? I do not know what that movie is. I will say. It's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Oh, haven't seen that. I will, I will set the stage for Liz. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a busy, busy businessman. No, mattress no. mattress salesman. Yes, he sells mattresses <laughs> via his computer. He's so busy on Christmas Eve to sell mattresses. Um, so, of course, Christmas time is the busiest season for him to sell mattresses. It's so, the number one gift after yes. cars. And so he is being a very busy businessman and missing a lot of uh, important moments in his young child's life. And he tries to make up for it by making sure he gets his son this gift that he wanted for Christmas, which is the Turbo Man action figure because he's big into Turbo Man. His son didn't want a mattress? No. He, well, he he's already a has a great mattress because he knows a guy. Yeah. Um, so he promises, oh, I'm going to get him this gift. Uh, his wife said, you got it for him already, right? And he didn't want to upset his wife. So he's like, yeah, I got it for him. And she's like, great, because it's like the hottest selling toy this year. It's like mattresses and then uh, this toy. Uh, so he then spends all of Christmas Eve running around. Uh, no, it wasn't Chicago. This was the one Saint Christmas Paul, movie Minnesota. that not, did not take place in Chicago. So he's running around Minnesota trying to find uh, this Turbo Man action figure uh, and hilarity ensues. So that's the basis of the movie. There's like a small explosion at one point, but it, it's no intense. It's, it's, I will say this is also my fourth on my list. No, no. Yes, way. Wow. We just, we even rewatched it. It's not good. It holds up. The entire movie is up. just because other of the Other than like the payphones. Right. Literally action scene after action scene of him literally battling other people for a toy. It gets physical, yes. It, there's a lot of physicality and He's also the worst husband in the world well, yes. and the worst father in the world. Like he forgets all about his son. He never left his son in New York City. Okay. Does he at the end of the, but you love that movie. Okay. <laughs> no, but the parents he, are bad. That's what I'm saying. Does he at the end of the movie realize his mistakes and grow? No, no. Yes, because he so bought what, his no, child's His takeaway is that like everything is I'm Works sorry, I'm going to ruin this movie for you. What happens is like the entire movie, he's trying to get this toy. He also promised his son that he was going to go to this parade with him. So somehow over the course of what seems like three days has occurred in a matter of, it must be like four hours because it's before the parade has happened. And he's been going to all these different stores and battling who's the guy who plays Sinbad, Sinbad. the comedian Sinbad, battling That's Sinbad a for a toy this entire time. Um, he ends up getting to the parade, still not having a toy. Oh, there's also an entire scene where he goes to a back alley to try to get a toy and battles like a hundred Santa Claus. Anyway, it's a does Sinbad play himself? Uh, he plays a mailman who's kind of like a conspiracy theory guy, uh, but oh, okay. he also is trying to get the a toy for toy. his son. Uh, because he didn't get a toy that he wanted when he was younger and he didn't become a billionaire. Yeah, and he talked about how he resented his parents for his entire life. So. Well, but yeah, the point is, this film gets to 
this over consumerization of Christmas and how uh, at the end, at the, at the end, his son realizes that he didn't need that action figure. Okay. He just wanted time with his father and his father showed up at the end. So well, it's not the best his father message. But showed up like this though. His father accidentally ended up in the wrong place at the right time. His, they apparently had a Turbo Man was supposed to be in the in the parade and their actual Turbo Man that they had got injured because like the suit malfunctioned. And so um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character ends up there and they think it's, he's the replacement. So Arnold Schwarzenegger ends up dressing up as Turbo Man. And then because of that, he's able to get his son this limited edition, like signed Turbo Man action figure, which then through nepotism, he gives to his kid. And then at the very end of the That's movie, at the very end of the movie, the kid is willing to give it to Sinbad's son because he's like, why do I need Turbo Man when I have the real Turbo Man right here, as in my dad? It's adorable. And then uh, his I mean, wife yeah. just falls in love with him again. Did you That's see him in that suit? <laughs> that's a little sweet that the kid did that but can we Thank fact you. check for a second to where we said that giving a gift to your son was nepotism <laughs> no, okay let me i will his son over i will further else. explain he was uh -huh. on the float in the parade they gave him this action figure <laughs> and they said you're supposed to choose a, a child from the crowd right. uh and he, so he I chose see. his son so that his son could get the action figure but honestly but to be fair everyone I else see. probably had one anyway there's no telling who the other guy, like the real one, the real one would have chosen his son. We, we need a Marvel movie really style backstory either. for each individual child so we can understand. There's also this really creepy neighbor who's in love with his wife the entire movie and like is hitting on her. Played perfectly movie. by Phil Hartman. That's and it's yeah, just that was really uncomfortable. But like, I just, I, if I were his wife, I don't understand him dressing up as turbo man and giving her his like that wouldn't make up for the fact that you've lied to your son this whole time waited to the last minute to get this gift lied to her repeatedly he was selling mattresses missed all of these other opportunities like if he had not been arnold schwarzenegger imagine this imagine he was just some like fat dude with the same premise happening if he had ended up in the turbo man area they would not have mistaken him for turbo man replacement and well, he would have never gotten that opportunity. That's why you cast Arnold Schwarzenegger right. in the role. But that's be... what I'm saying is it literally only had to do with the way that he looked. It had nothing to do with his ability to be a good father or anything like that. Well, I'll be honest. I feel like it was probably one of his better performances. I mean, he's, he's not, not very... Much. I'm just saying, part of the reason why I like it is, so, uh, I don't know, I think he, although they don't really explain his accent um, in the movie, no. but... Uh, I thought it's he real did, American accent, classic <laughs> Minnesota. I think, uh, I think he did a good job with what um, I don't know with his acting abilities. You also have to understand, this was a movie of my childhood, exactly. so I watched so, it a lot as a child and very much enjoyed it, and watched it this year and still enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I'll admit, I would agree most of the movies on my list are objectively bad, but just something i cherish from that's my childhood when it's christmas time you don't notice that a movie is bad because it's the spirit of christmas that makes it a better movie yeah in here yeah in here <laughs> in your heart okay okay what's your number three okay um <laughs> going back to watching this all the time as a child um because it's on 24 hours uh of christmas 
It's on for 24 straight hours. Uh, my number three favorite Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. Um, that just comes with the tradition of we watch it every year on Christmas or like we watch it Christmas Eve and then when we're opening presents, we watch it. Um, and I really relate to um, kind of the awkwardness of Ralphie, uh, especially when like he knows exactly what he wants for Christmas, but he's afraid to like ask people. And then like when he asks someone and they're like, no. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Never mind. That was stupid. Like, I just kind of relate to his awkwardness in wanting this one thing and then like being afraid to ask people for it. So that's, I just, and I also just really like the movie. Anything? Well, I'll be honest. I just recently watched it. Oh yeah. You just saw um, it this year. All the way through. Yeah. Um, A few days ago. Um, I enjoyed it. So yesterday was Christmas. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was your first know, time on. watching it all the way through. All the way through, yeah. It's yeah. like you know, going through the many uh, different Christmases. You know, you always see the references and everything. So I knew part of I knew um, the things uh, like the lamp and um, the BB gun, but I never, I never really watched it all the way through. I just never came up. So there's a lot of like classic. I want to say like our classic um, Christmas movies that I, I feel like the majority of people enjoy that I just haven't experienced. It just never really came up. Um, so I'm sure you can't wait to get to my list. There's so many good lines from that movie, mm-hmm. like fragile, like that's something people still say. And then like the, you'll shoot your eye out, like everybody, the running yeah. joke of that. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I've always, yeah. it's good, just kind of the tradition of watching right. it. Yeah. And also I was really dumb as a kid and I like really always thought it was like a really old movie and not like it came out in like the eighties, I think. Um, but I was like, oh, this movie's like from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just well, me, because they made that's it just me like being dumb. From the, <laughs> the 40s. From the th- th- yeah, 30s or 40s. Yeah. So Liz, you made a face when I said it. Are you not a fan? I'm your... not a fan. Oh. I'm no, not a fan of list. A Christmas Story or A Christmas Vacation. Oh, that one's not on my list. So. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my favorite either. I, I feel like I... those two are wildly popular. They're so you saw them once (laughs) never never seen them again so you're you're telling me when his dad who was supposed to be this cold uh very old school type father showing no emotion or love toward his children uh on christmas day when he tells ralphie go check behind the desk and he pulls out that rifle that he had been wanting first of all how did his dad even know as far as i remember he never told his dad Mm -hmm. that he wanted that but his dad he did it at the dinner table in one of the scenes. He, he said it to his mom and his dad. Okay, well, the, it was implied that the dad was not listening. Okay. In, isn't my perspective on that. And so he ends up revealing that his dad had bought this for him. And that was just a beautiful moment. I will admit that, like, really thinking about the dad's character, it's a very interesting character because the dad does come across as kind of a hard ass. Like, he's not a very warm person um they talk about how he curses all the time and like all this other stuff and implies other things but he actually is a good dad especially if you look at when they are like opening presents and stuff and um that was nice to see because it's it's interesting to see how he he is you know kind of rough around the edges but he does really love his kids so that was nice all right that's a good choice should we thank you i've I've liked all of my movies so far. 
All right, I did. We didn't really set up a segue for my second favorite movie. Uh, my second favorite movie, Christmas movie, is Elf, just because mm-hmm. it's just a fun time. Know. It's a fun time. You can enjoy that at any age. Uh, it's just a good experience. It's a family Christmas movie that really gets you in the spirit. Uh, the best way to spread Christmas cheer uh, is to watch Elf, <laughs> and I think that it's just a fun time. I love Elf. I think that's a great choice. I think that's uh, the first movie on my list that Liz has approved. <laughs> finally. Uh, my Our friend's dad actually thinks that I like Elf a whole lot. I, I, I had like a conversation with him once and in it he mentioned something about Elf and I like finished the line for him and since then I see him and he's like hey, Elf season's coming up. We can watch it. I'm like, <laughs> We sure can. Uh, we've bonded over it somehow. I'm not sure why. But so it's a great like, movie. It brings people together. One of your favorite movies, Christmas movies. That's, yeah, that's on there, that's for sure. Liz is just going to reveal that she actually secretly doesn't like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit to the listeners that I am not a Will Ferrell fan and would you say it's the it's the biggest area of contention in our marriage that and (laughs) our choice in football teams um but no i have i will admit however that i think they could not have picked a better actor to play buddy the elf than will ferrell despite not liking will ferrell i think he does an excellent job of providing that childlike innocence and just joy and I do enjoy him in that role. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger could have pulled it off. Oh. <laughs> you know, Will Ferrell often does his movies with a Russian accent. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have seen Stranger Than Fiction, but I'm pretty Oh, sure. yes. That's, if you ever get the chance to watch Stranger Than Fiction without audio and then insist on everyone having uh, Russian dialogue, that's fun. Yeah, the- I enjoy Elf. Um, <laughs> Is it on your list? It's not on my list, though. Um, I will say. Um, it's no. Every time, I don't know. I, I would watch it and I would enjoy it. I, I just think maybe it was just one of those movies you would watch all the time in like school. Whenever you know you had like a half day, or um, at least I don't know the teachers I had would always play it. And I think that it's, that it's still happens over, today. It still happens yeah. today. Yeah. It's um, no, so it doesn't. I think I just I got never watched Elf in school. I know a place. Ours, <laughs> where it's a half day the last day of the semester and students get very upset if you find out that you're not watching elf elf we should have just made spaghetti and put maple syrup on it i have not gonna lie i always wanted to try that do you guys know them candy candy candy, candy canes candy corns and syrups that's right that's how my friend's dad and i became <laughs> like this well then i'm gonna be even closer than this it's gonna be there, I don't know how to make that closer, but this is this is great audio we're getting. <laughs> they know. All right. Well, that's a great transition well, wow, see, to my. Oh, you're you're number one. one. I was just gonna say, I just can't imagine what's number one because I, I just feel like Elf one. was your favorite. Well, and nobody's gonna like, it, and this never comes up in. I've never seen this on any list uh-uh. of top Christmas movies, or even on lists of Christmas movies. I'm excited. And it's I... it's very much a Christmas movie. <laughs> And it's actually, we'll we'll discuss that. I've never sat down and done it, but it might be in my top 10 just favorite movies. Now, with all of that buildup, 
Home Alone 3. Favorite Christmas movie is The Night Before with Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I did not see it. Oh, picture this. (laughs) Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's a very funny movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents die when he's a teenager. Hilarious. Yes. So we're off to a great start. Um, No, so to lift his spirits, his friend Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie take him out uh, to just celebrate the night before Christmas because he's very disappointed because it's the first Christmas without his family. Uh, Cut to like 15 years later and they're adults, but they're still going out the night before Christmas to have this giant party. Um, And Joseph Gordon-Levitt is not wanting to break that tradition. He's very much into the night before Christmas, we all go out and get super drunk and all this stuff. Uh, Seth Rogen's character is about to have a baby. uh, So he's kind of growing up and wanting to end this tradition. Anthony Mackie is a professional football player uh, who's kind of having a resurgence in his career. He's having a very good year. So he's like super famous and like people are stopping him on the street and he's trying to like live stream everything. But basically uh, Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie have decided that this is going to be the last year that they do this, Uh, but they didn't tell uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character yet. So they're trying to find the right time to say, this is the last year to do this. Uh, So they tell him and he gets very upset. Uh, Cut to, they have a chance to get into this very elaborate Christmas party that happens every year, but it's like super exclusive. Uh, So he gets tickets to that event. And he's saying like this, if we're gonna have one last Christmas, like we're gonna go to this party. Uh, And it's just kind of like trying to get to the party uh, and all of these obstacles. It's kind of like a Christmas adult version of Superbad when they're like trying to get to that party. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just great characters. There's great dialogue. Um, There's a scene where Seth Rogen takes a bunch of drugs and then ends up having to go to church with his wife and his in-laws. And he's just like tripping inside the church. Uh, And obviously uh, he's Jewish in the movie as well. And so he's wearing this giant sweater with the Star of David on it, sitting in this Catholic church, just trying to like contain himself when he's like high on all these drugs. Uh, So that's really funny in it too. Uh, And just kind of like all of these drug trips that he goes on and trying to get to this party, but also like trying to deal with this change in the friendship with people going off and doing their own things. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt feels like he's being left behind. Uh, But the biggest thing I like about it is it's an adult Christmas movie. And as far as I'm concerned, there's not enough of those uh, because adults like experience Christmas as well. And especially if you're older and alone and you know, (laughs) you're you're wanting to like hang out with, friends who are like starting to grow up and things like that so it's like an adult movie that's got a lot of different scenarios you can see yourself as the guy who's growing up and trying to balance wanting to have fun with his friends while preparing to become a father uh, or very relatable if you're a professional athlete and you're dealing with the fame of that uh, or if you're just kind of feel like your friends are growing apart from you and you don't want to change so I like that it's an adult Christmas movie very real i i just really would like the record to reflect that married nick gestured to other nick at the uh when you're an adult and alone portion (laughs) of that (laughs) i was just gonna play that as a joke for us (laughs) now everyone knows (laughs) eligible 
eligible bachelor Very eligible, over here. By the way. Also, <laughs> he can uh, the guy who plays the drug dealer, I forget, I forget his name. Um, but he's very good. He's like a super creepy guy. Yeah. Uh, he was their gym teacher in high school and now he sells them drugs. Uh, and he's just a very good character in the movie. It's very funny. Also, the drugs that um, Seth Rogen's character is getting high off of at the, during most of the movie, his wife gave to him. And apparently in very weird quantities. Oh yeah, she said, she's like, I ne I've never bought drugs before. And so she's just like <laughs> random quantities and of like drugs and there are drugs like he doesn't even know what they are. But she did it, she gave it to him so that he could have his like last hurrah before the baby came. So like it was, but she didn't intend for him to be at church with her family for any of it. The drug dealer is Michael Shannon. Uh, just, I oh, felt like if really I named everybody nice. else, I needed to name him too. Uh, he's a good actor. He's very good at playing these like creepy roles. Yeah. So he was good in that. We found it, yeah. Thank, thanks for that um, synopsis because I feel like we watched it once. Um, I try to watch it every year before Christmas because it's. Yeah, no, I like, I, I do remember. Uh, and just hearing that synopsis made me remember the movie because I just, I've seen it once. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, and I legitimately remember really enjoying that movie. Like it was just hilarious. And I really. You know, sometimes because I think foremost it's like a comedy, and it's very uh, yeah. But I think you know, I sometimes get tired of uh, you know like some of the forced, um, uh, you know, forced uh, conflicts and everything uh, that, that that would like separate the main uh, main uh, characters. And I don't know. I feel like it, it just made sense here, and it seemed very relatable um, to to me and to all adults. You know, growing yeah. apart. Um, so I know I really enjoyed it, and uh, I really would like to watch it again. And yeah, very unique. Very unique to have on your list. Yes, if if you have not seen it, could not recommend it more. It's I think a very hilarious movie, and like I said, it might even be one of my top t ten movies because every year I watch it around Christmas, and I'm like, yeah. I forget how funny this is. Like I should be watching this more than just around Christmas yeah, time. Yeah. Yes. Thus concludes my top five Christmas movies. And to conclude that conclusion, I'm uh, sad we didn't get to watch uh, the night before. There's still time. There's still time. Which is the night before the night after. Yeah. <laughs> so we've already briefly discussed some of Reagan's uh, films. Would Shall you like to discuss your other films? Um, sure. So uh, other than Love Actually, which we already talked about, there's two other Christmas movies that are truly Christmas movies that I put on my list. Um, and the first is The Santa Claus. The one with Tim Allen. It's just, it's such, in my opinion, a classic Christmas movie and by far my favorite Christmas movie for a variety of reasons. And I wrote several of them down. Um, one of the main reasons why I love the Santa Claus is that the elves are children. And the reason why I really like that is a number of things. Um, it gives them, they're very, it's almost whimsical and it's very innocent, but at the same time, there's no weird CGI <laughs> or like fake things. Like I hate movies. Um, we were watching Fred Claus and they made these adults into CGI small people. And I did not think it looked right. It just looked weird. Um, and I like that they just had kids play elves, but they, you know, weren't kids ages. They were like hundreds of years old. Um, and the acting by these kids is also really, really good. Like this isn't crappy kid acting. Like these are kids who are actually genuinely good actors. 
And the elves are not cheerful and just like joke around a lot. In fact, they have really believable personalities and some of them give him smack and like some of them like just are silly and um, and will talk back to him. And I'm like, this is like actually believable. You get into an argument with someone at work and the people are going to argue back. It's not like, okay, Santa. Like, (laughs) um, So elves are definitely one of my favorite parts of that movie. And in general, my favorite character of that movie is also Bernard, the head elf. Low-key, Bernard was like a childhood crush of mine. Yeah, Ooh. Bernard was awesome. Um, yeah. And while I, going along with actors and such, while I think that subsequent Santa Claus movies, two and three, are some of the worst Christmas movies ever made, um, I do like that they maintained continuity by using the exact same cast members for all three movies. So they never changed a character. Um, now Bernard was left out of the third one, sadly, but at least, you know, they had the same actors play the same people, even though they occurred many years later in some instances. So that was really, really nice. Um, The next also has to do with kind of how it changed. I love that the original Santa Claus, I love the reindeer in it compared to later reindeer, which are highly CGI'd and horrible. They also like almost talk. It's Oh, it's bad. But the original reindeer just kind of like grunt and they're more like animatronic. And to me, I always think that that looks way more realistic and better it's kind of like when you think about like jurassic park the original dinosaurs in jurassic park in my opinion that were puppets were way more believable than like other ones that they're just cgi'd in and i just hate it um but then okay in terms of like getting into like what makes it such a good christmas movie there's a lot of sarcasm yes it's technically a kids movie but there's a lot of kind of more adult humor in there that Tim Allen puts that I think is really funny um so it's definitely a movie that everybody can enjoy um I like his gradual change to becoming Santa how he like yes he's like gaining weight overnight and stuff but it's not like he goes one day and the very next day he's instantly full white beard and stuff. Like he gets heavier, 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 and then eventually grows the beard and it goes white and everything. And along with his change comes like the realization that he is Santa Claus. And at the same time, just a better, deeper connection with his son, because, you know, he and his wife had divorced and he now doesn't have a very close relationship with his son. So it's kind of like a little secret that they can keep together that helps them grow. Um, And along with that though, I think that there's no true bad guy in my opinion um, in the first one because everybody is truly wanting the best interest of Charlie who's the son. Even the mom and his stepfather, Neil, they are very concerned about him because they think he's gone crazy because he thinks his dad is Santa and they're worried about his well-being. And like, yes, they get the cops involved and all of this other stuff and potentially like, you know, he loses his visitation rights and that seems like they're the bad ones. But in reality, it's just because they want what's best for their kid. So it's all in the best interest of the kid. And at the end of the movie, they do come to the realization that he is in fact Santa Claus. Um, And I love the scene where Neil realizes it because his face is just like, 
Santa? Like, you know, he has this like little kid wonder in his voice. Um, and it's one of those things that personally, I just, I love this movie to my core. It probably, along with what other people said about it being like a movie of your childhood, it's a movie I grew up watching. Even though it's a Christmas movie, I didn't just watch it at Christmas time. It's just a movie that I really love. And I always um, just really, you know, vibed with. Oh, another cool thing that I pointed out is that I love that the North Pole is underground because in science, sorry, I'm a science teacher, but in science, you know, if you were to go to the North Pole, it's, you know, floating ice and it's not really going to necessarily be a concrete location. It's you know, hidden by magic, Reagan. I know, but in in this movie, science magic, it's underneath <laughs> the ice. In I'm the, just saying, in, in real life, it's it's hidden by magic. True, so. right? Of course, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, and so I love checks out. I love how I love the scenery of the North Pole when they first go to the North Pole. Just like the actual scenery of everything is really great. Um, I also really love that they address all of the problems that Santa might face. Like he's constantly asking people, but what do I do if I fall off a roof? Because he knows that that's how he became Santa. And then Comet gives him the rope to make sure that he won't fall off the roof. Uh, or they make that like fireproof Santa suit. Um, and, you know, or, you know, talking about, well, what if is there no chimney? Like, what do you do? And how he just like shrinks down and goes through the pipe. Um, just things like that that are just really clever things to address that are commonly questions someone might have of, well, how, you know, Santa must not exist because of this, 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 and this, but they have some kind of retort or some kind of reasoning behind it. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a good Christmas movie. If I had done a top six, it would have been my sixth one. It's, yeah, I used to watch it all the time. It's in my top. I love that movie. That was a great pick. Do you have anything to add, Liz, since it's in your top as well? I mean, we already covered Bernard. <laughs> Love Bernard. He's good, yeah. Love Bernard. Okay, so then should I go on to Sure, my, my what's your other one? favorite? Okay, so um, we were looking at lists of like top Christmas movies and I was shocked to find out that this movie is not on the list. In fact, I found out that this movie is on the list for the top worst Christmas movies, which made me very angry. Um, and that's Miracle on 24th Street, but the 90s version, not the originals version. Huh? That's on your list? Street. Huh? 34th no, Street. Sorry, yeah. 34th Street. Yeah, sorry. 34th Street. I wrote fast. Um, yeah, <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street. So um, apparently the reason that's why I was on... on Okay, so the original one is on a lot of lists, but um, the 90s version is on a list of like bad ones, but only because they said that the remake was unnecessary. And I'm like, that's not a reason to put it on a list of bad movies. There's so many movies that are remade where the remake is way worse. And in this case, I actually personally like it better. Um, but I think part of it, again, has to do with that childhood nostalgia. It came out when we were kids. I really love that movie. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. Um, also, it has um, the little girl from Matilda in it. She was the little girl in the movie. And I love, absolutely love 
the, in my opinion, feminist representation of women in that movie. They're strong, independent women that don't need no man. And I thoroughly enjoy that. Both her and her mother are just like, are very intelligent and very capable. I mean, her mom is like really high up at Kohl's, which is like Macy's. And um, she's raised her daughter to be the same way because her dad's not in the picture. And um, there's just also really beautiful filmography. My mom pointed this out to me last time I watched it and I really looked out for it, but there's almost like a glow around every character when you watch that movie. And it just seems magical the way that it was filmed. So it's really beautifully filmed. Um, it, it's the first movie where I've ever seen, I've seen this now in other movies, but where Santa speaks multiple languages and can do sign language and all this other stuff. And um, I like that they have an actual old man playing Santa Claus and not just some young guy dressed up as an old man. Um, and I like that, you know, you know, Miracle on 34th Street has the trial. And in the original, it's the, what happens is basically Santa Claus is on trial because they think he's a crazy old man. So they're trying to prove essentially that Santa Claus is not real. And in trying to prove that he is real, they do certain things. And I like that in the 90s version, the original version, what they do is the post office delivers all of the letters to the trial. And because they were delivered to him, that was the proof that he was Santa. Because the post office can only deliver letters directly to the person that they are um, for. And I was like, yeah, that's a good premise. But I like that in the new movie or the newer movie, um, the judge gets a dollar bill and on the dollar bill is circled in God we trust. And I like that because it's the idea that they're not really trying to prove that Santa is real. They're just trying to prove that you can't say he's not. So it's that whole idea of, is he really Santa? Is he not really Santa? But it doesn't really matter because they trust in him and believe in him. Seems that you like movies where the legitimacy of Santa Claus is in question. <laughs> yeah. All right, Liz, let's hear it. Okay. So the only ones on my list that weren't really mentioned would be, and this is another questionably Christmas movie. I don't know if any of you have seen While You Were Sleeping. Yeah, I That's yeah, my I don't. I guess it is technically Christmas, but yeah. It occurs over Christmas. She goes to Christmas sure. at their house. Sure. That's the whole point of the movie. She gets through the holidays with this family. Have, okay, so you two have not seen it? I don't believe so. Is this... You're, they're looking things Is up. this the film this, where the person's yes. in the in the coma? This is the yes. Sandra Bullock classic. Yes, it's the Sandra Bullock she, classic. She is in a, Chicago. It takes place in Chicago. <laughs> if it takes place in Chicago, it's a Christmas movie. That's if you, a whole other conversation. Yeah, if you look it up, yeah. I would say like seven out of every ten Christmas movies are take place in Chicago. Vast majority of the ones we watch. Yeah. So it already checks out just off yeah, of that. Yeah, it checks so out. You can continue. <laughs> She's working as uh, like a ticket taker kind of thing, person at a train. I don't know the actual name for that job. That sounds right. You know, she takes the coins. Um, this is pre-COVID where you could like touch stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, the good old <laughs> and days. She's in love with this guy named Peter who she's never spoken to, sees him uh, stop a robbery, but the people like push him onto the tracks 
Right. And he hits his head. She jumps onto the tracks to save him. And he gets taken to the hospital. He's uh, whisked away. And she's in the hospital. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's the guy I was going to marry. His family, or a nurse, hears her say that, takes her in, lets her see them. And then introduces her to his family as his fiance. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and his family's all, oh my goodness, we had no idea. But now she, uh, she's like their last connection to him. He's in a coma. It's the holidays, so they kind of bring her in, and she doesn't have any family of her own. So she kind of stays and gets a new family until the end of the movie when things happen. And I don't want to ruin it, but there's love. There is love. That's yes. good because it could have ended very terribly. <laughs> he he does wake up mid movie. That's worst case mid-movie. scenario for her though. Him waking up. Um there are there are antics, you know. Also hilarity he, ensues. He has some amnesia, if I remember correctly. Oh. Well, no, that's... he just thinks he has amnesia because he doesn't oh, remember. Right. Her. That's oh. what it is. He doesn't and remember her, and so that's why he thinks he has amnesia. The family is like, you must have amnesia. And he's yeah. like, I guess so. Well, <laughs> sounds very, very creepy. It's it's a very sweet movie. Oh okay. um, it is. It is a good movie. You've yeah. convinced me. <laughs> So that's my only other addition. So why do you like it so much? It's just super sweet. It's nice. She, yeah, she just, she gets a family and that's kind of what the holidays are about, right? Family. Yeah. Or consumerism. But... <laughs> Battling each other for a toy. with our Or the legitimacy of Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're ranking the movie relative to Home Alone 3, how does it compare? It's two different leagues. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. As in, like, Home Alone 3 is so much more above this film? Is that that it? (laughs) I could never say that to Sandy B. Oh. All right. I've been waiting all week for this list. I mean, yeah, so now it falls on to me. Um, get closer here and give my top five. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you'll be surprised or not. Um, these might be obvious choices. Uh, we'll see. Um, but I said this before, but mine are probably, or I know for sure, they're not good movies. Um, <laughs> I just enjoy them personally. So sorry if I offend anyone for having these on my list. Um, oh, I guess I can start from the bottom. I, I wasn't sure what to put for this because I think, um, I don't know, I think I, I enjoy kind of both of them equally. Um, but one I didn't hear was uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. Oh, and is that the that, Jonathan Taylor Thomas yes, feature? and Jessica Biel, yes. Um, that's probably why I, I really like it. I haven't seen it like once. Oh yeah, um, I haven't seen it as much. Whenever I would watch it, I just always enjoyed it. The first time I watched it uh, when uh, was when I was little, um, and I don't know, it was just always it was funny, and I liked the story um, of someone just trying to come for Christmas and the antics that ensued. Hilarity ensued. Hilarity, yes. Oh, that's um, yeah, no, was, I thought it was really funny, and I don't know. I thought the ending was um, was really sweet. Um, I don't know. He was supposed to get home to his family after thinking he didn't want to be with them. Wow. Um, oh. So most of these movies on my list had to deal with family or presents. So that's this, it's Christmas. This is for me what Christmas movies are about. And then also I did say uh, 
I was kind of going between this and another movie. Uh, it would be Home Alone. I don't know, just the first one. The first one, yeah. Not the second one. <laughs> I mean, I I have enjoyed the second one. I just have I've only seen it very recently, like within the last couple of years or so. so I can't. Nick, will you give us a quick ranking of your Home Alone movies? Is it one, two, three? One, three, two. Have you, you haven't I, seen so, the third one, have you? No, I have actually not. Seen There's the also one. five, by the way. There are five Home Alone. Let's, and they're not all <laughs> on my list. Calm down. Let's stick with one through three. I'm just saying, if we're going to talk about three being in Let's, the discussion. We can also remember Macaulay Culkin's uh, YouTube videos. Didn't he make? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the grown-up version? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, continue. That's on my list. Um, <laughs> no. um, but yeah, I mean, lot same reasons we described there. Um, so no need to rehash this. And I said number four was Jingle All the Way. Same reasons. See? Um, oh, yeah, we both had it at four. Yeah, both had it at four. Yeah. Um, I, know, I, just, I just really enjoyed that movie. Um, mostly because uh, of my childhood. It was always fun to watch. Um, my, okay, so this might be the, probably the most controversial one. Number three would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oof, 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 oof's all around. <laughs> um, you just oof your own movie. I did. Um, you guys just I understand. You don't understand the humor um, of this movie. I understand wow. that. Uh, you may not have heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, it's but really funny. It really is. Um, I enjoy it. It's most. Not bad. It's not bad. Um, mostly because, again, so, I mean, a lot of these are just from my childhood. Um, my mom just always enjoyed, you know, those type of movies, and she really enjoyed National Lampoons, and she, um, she, I don't know, we would always watch it, and she always tried to force on us to be a tradition, um, which I guess I took. Uh, so every, uh, and I always enjoyed watching that with uh, with her. Um, uh, maybe not the rest of the family, but <laughs> I think uh, I, I always enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, if I don't get to see it, uh, it just wouldn't be Christmas. If I don't get to see it on Christmas Eve. So. Oh, I'm glad we watched um, it. Yeah, no, it, it was very good. Very good timing. Um, so that's probably the, the the biggest reason why I do enjoy that movie. Um, I could go into specifics about it, but I um, just want to quickly go through the rest here. Um, yeah, I don't think we mentioned this one either, but this would be uh, how, my, for my second spot, would be How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, I was hoping we'd make it all the way through. <laughs> yes. Which Not version? Which one? Well, obviously the um, 19, uh, for the exact year, but the, ni- the 19, well, 1990s, right? Or, oh, the Jim Carrey one? Yeah, the Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey one. one. Okay. The, I not the remake after. with Benedict Cumberbatch. Or the original <laughs> animated feature? Not, not really. I, no, it's a yeah. bit short for me. <laughs> Um, no, I just, I really love this movie. I, I, I love the, I don't know, I just like the live action style of it. I think the, the makeup was great, oh, uh, just yeah. to make everyone look realistic. And uh, I mean, right, I think we mentioned this before, like Jim Carrey, I, I normally don't enjoy his performances in other movies that are too silly, but I think for this movie, he, he fit very well in this, uh, you know, just in this type of movie, just being his silly self, I think that worked really well. Can I add to that real quick? Yeah. yeah. So that's the same idea of what I said with me not liking Will Ferrell and how I like Will <laughs> yes. Ferrell and Elf. It's exactly the same with me and Jim Carrey. I don't particularly like Jim Carrey, but I like Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Yeah. So same do you, do you guys find yourself relating more and more to the Grinch as you age? Yes. Like that scene where he's thinking about going, but he's like, oh, I have dinner with me at six. I can't cancel that again. Yeah. All of his other things. I, mean, I related with him when I was six. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like it. Um, but yeah, no, I think the, 
uh, the sets, uh, just the uh, just the look of um, of uh, Huthel, right? It was uh, it's quite good. So, and the little girl who played Cindy Lou Who was yes. super cute. She was adorable. She was. Yeah. Did a great and, job. And the lead singer of The Pretty Reckless, also a good name. Yeah. I hate every version of Grinch. Every version. Yes. Wow. Can we I, unwrap that, please? I, I just I don't like the Grinch story, and I hate the song. Um, I like this song. And so I just don't like any version of the Grinch. So I was was like really upset when I found out they were making the Benedict Cumberbatch one because I felt like it was really unnecessary. And also I just don't like the story. So I, as an adult, protested by not watching that children's movie. They didn't do the typical Grinch story with him. They did a different one. Doesn't matter. I didn't know. So actually, it's the first time I'm hearing about this movie. You're not missing much. Oh, really? Yeah, it shows how much I know about movies. Well, I just keep up with everything Benedict Cumberbatch, so. As you should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number Wait, one. Number one, um, I, it had to be the Santa Claus. Yay! Oh! I had to be Santa Claus. I mean, I think we covered it before. Um, I just wanted to, no, no, I just wanted to <laughs> keep it a secret that it, it was my number one. It's what so happens when you put very basic one. movies on there. But well, it's not very it's, basic. It's so. the best Christmas movie. Yes, and it just... It just feels like Christmas. I don't know. It's just it's, yeah. it's so it's good. A good the performances one. are good. Are great. Um, just just the uh, the jabs at Neil are fantastic. I, oh, those are my yeah. favorite parts. <laughs> oh yeah, I did not sweaters. like him. Was it the sweaters? Up. Must have been the sweaters. I actually it's loved Neil growing up because he tried so hard, and he was actually genuinely a nice person. But yeah, all the jabs at him were quite hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like just the sarcasm and the jokes. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, worked pretty well but, yeah i yeah. i mean i we've talked about this before but i love when he first becomes santa and he goes to that girl's house and was not drinking the milk yeah. and he's like i'm lactose intolerant so he comes back the next year and she has soy milk for him yeah. it's oh yeah it's little, little touches like that that make- imagine that little girl's conversation with her parents where she's arguing with them that santa's lactose intolerant yeah i know <laughs> Funny. so that concludes the uh film discussion section so we are going to end with some fun holiday trivia so nick and i have both come up with some holiday themed trivia that we will ask uh and so whichever one of us is going first we'll ask the question everyone will get a chance to answer and then we'll see who is right so we each have five questions which we can run through that fairly quickly uh, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I think since I have less to ask you, I'll go first. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I have five questions. So if there's any of uh, mine. Oh, first, I see. Because I made seven in case we had similar questions. My questions are so good that I didn't need to come up with that many. We'll see, though. I don't know. I can you, guys, one, you guys can go back and forth. It's easier to do it this way because we're keeping track of who does better. And it will get confused. We we confuse easily. So easy. I'm confused right now. All right. So are you ready? Yes. So last time I thought my questions were pretty hard, um, and you still yeah, well. four to five is eighty percent. Four to five, correct. <laughs> For some, that's passing. Um, and so this time I come another way, and I tried the easy ones. So we'll see. If these, uh, number one. The pen, I see. Based on Icelandic folklore, this animal lurks during Christmas and eats those who have not yet received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. 
Is it A, the Yule sheep? B, the Yule horse? C, the Yule cat? Or D, the Yule wolf? I thought, I guess as soon as you said Icelandic, I should have known, but I thought we were going for Krampus. Yes. Uh, so can you repeat the question, the options again? I was nervous because I saw your excitement. Yeah. Can you repeat the options and then emphasize which one is the correct answer? <laughs> do, you need, do you need me to repeat the entire thing? Uh, just the question. I No, uh, which, yes, <laughs> repeat it all, please. <laughs> Number one. Based on Icelandic folklore, this animal lurks during Christmas and eats those who have not yet received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. Is it A, the Yule sheep, B, the Yule horse, C, the Yule cat, or D, the Yule wolf? I mean, if he's trying to, he said he tried to make them easy, I'm gonna go with D, the Yule wolf. Hold on, are we all answering? Yes, we're all gonna okay. answer and then Nicole um, tell us. I'm gonna guess sheep. I'm gonna guess wolf as well. So we've got two wolves and a sheep. Wait, sheet. hold on. I want to guess something different wolves. so that we all get like a chance. I'm gonna guess the wolf horse or the horse. <laughs> I'm gonna combine <laughs> answers. <laughs> the Yule horse. She, she wants to guess something different, so she's gonna guess the wolf, Nick. That means that you have to change your answer. <laughs> All right. So I'll guess we're, we're all locked in. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, no one got that right. Oh no! See the wolf cat, which is just like kind of the outlier here, which I thought yeah, we'll just go for. How is, that, so how is a cat funny. an outlier? How is that the outlier? I love how what? the three of us Others are like, all got it wrong. <laughs> all right, moving on. But anyway, if you're we crushed it. As a threat used by farmers and as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. So that's Interesting. why that kind of came about. Uh, I thought it would be sheep because, like, you know, sheep wool, yeah. they're uprising. They, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. who is also a horse. In reality, it's a cat. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't yeah. the answer, so moving on. A sheep? The cat was the answer. The oh, I thought you said it wasn't an an like an answer choice. Oh, no, no. It really was. Sticking with Icelandic uh, traditions and folklore. You had an Icelandic thing in the first one, didn't you? I don't He's know. into the music, so... <laughs> Uh, so Icelandic tradition holds that for the 13 days before Christmas, this group of mischievous troll-like figures oh. visit children each day and put something in an empty shoe to reward or punish them. Is it A, Yule youths, B, Yule trolls, C, Yule guys, or D, Yule lads? I think it's the first one. I think it's the trolls. We, I, bought, we bought trolls in Iceland. I would also Not say trolls, Iceland, but sorry. I think they prefer to be called goblins. That was a troll too. I got it, Liz. <laughs> what was it that we bought? No, it was... I'm not giving you any help. I'm talking about the country that we were in. Never mind. What is your answer? And what is mine was trolls. Oh, so yeah. was hers. Trolls. And yours you is say youths. I say youths. Youths. Your youths. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, what was yours? Trolls. She said trolls. Trolls as well. Um, also incorrect. Uh, it's your lads. Damn it. Your well, maybe lads. lads. Yeah. I was trying to. Maybe like, some weird English translation, but 
my source had lads. I was trying like, to remember like young boys in, yes. in Eurovision. Lads. I feel like uses is pretty close to lads. Yeah, yeah, but it was to throw you the sand. It's a different option. I mean, if she wants to give me a point, I'll take it. <laughs> so, number three, Christmas trees are usually covered in this as a decoration for those who celebrate Christmas in Ukraine. A spider webs, B pine cones, C popcorn, or D crucifixes. I'm going with C popcorn. I'm gonna go with. Pine cones. I'm gonna go with crucifixes. Hmm. Those are incorrect. Oh my oh, god! Again. All of them. How are we? That's spider webs. Spider webs. That was one of my other options. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So basically, the story goes in folklore um, that there was a poor family uh, who um, basically grew a Christmas tree uh, from a pine cone. And that the children were so excited about decorating their own Christmas tree, but they were poor, so they couldn't afford decorations. Um, but they slowed them upon Christmas morning. They woke and found that spiders had spun webs around the tree's branches. So it's actually oh, really interesting cute. if you um, look up these decorations. Um, they could be like elaborate spiders or like actual like that's really spider cool. web decorations in the trees. Just something a bit unique in um, Ukraine. This time. Ukraine. Yeah. Hmm, fascinating. All right, let's, so let's get then. something right on this fourth one. I can't believe that we have now answered multiple questions where nobody has gotten right to. We have three people playing. It's only four answer choices. And so far we are all at zero points. I'm the best at this, I guess. <laughs> uh, you might get this one now. Um, during Christmas, uh, many in uh, Caracas, uh, Venezuela use this mode of transportation to travel to mass. Is it A, scooters, B, skateboards, C, cars, or D, roller skates? Scooters. I was also going to say scooters, but I want someone to get something right. So hopefully by going with a different answer choice, again, we broaden our horizons, but it hasn't worked so far. I'm gonna say roller skates. I guess I'm gonna say cars. <laughs> <laughs> it feels too obvious. That's very it can't obvious. Be. I guess that it's gonna wrong. be skateboards then. Yeah. Uh, no, um, Reagan got it right, roller skates. Uh, that was my second guess. <laughs> Proud of you. Roller skates. <laughs> I actually just don't have much on that particular custom. Um, um, they just do it. Fascinating. All right. Uh, last one. Um, so sorry again for this trivia. But uh, St. Nicholas Day, celebrated on December 5th or 6th, depending on the country you live in, uh, involves children placing uh, the, uh, placing these items outside to have them filled with small gifts, nuts, and candy by St. Nicholas? Is it A, stockings, B, pillowcases, C, hats, or D, shoes, or boots? I know this one. Where did you say this was? I'll answer last, because uh, I, I, I know this one. It's actually many countries in Europe. Oh, many countries, okay. So, they have different variants. Um, I'm gonna go with boots. I'm gonna go last, because I know this one. Well, the Netherlands is shoes, so I'm gonna... Say shoes. Okay, I was also gonna say shoes. Yeah. yeah, yeah shoes. Shoes. Yeah. We all knew it was shoes. All right, so I got one out of five this week. Yeah, 
I think you lied to all of us. Yeah. Do you say you act? No, you were kidding when you said you made. Oh, so you're just there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. I decided to, uh, despite the fact that I hate Christmas music, I decided to make my trivia about Christmas music. Oh, no. I am the worst at music. So this is going to be interesting. (laughs) Just. All right. All right. Question one. What holiday song written in 1857 by James Lord Pierpont was actually intended to be a Thanksgiving song? Was it A, Let It Snow, B, Jingle Bells, C, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, or D, White Christmas? We'll start with Nick because, yeah, we'll start with Nick. Um, You have a size of White Christmas. I'll go, I don't know, I'll go C. You said C, it's the most wonderful time. I always forget what that song's called. So is that not the answer? No, I just can never remember what it's called. That's also what I would say. Jingle Bells. We were wrong. It is B, Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells was written as a Thanksgiving song because you know how you jingle bells for Thanksgiving. You jingle all the way to Grandmother's House. No, to Grandmother's House We Go is a different song. Right, isn't that into the woods <laughs> to grandmother's house? We go over the river and through. And you have bells anyway. I knew, I knew Jingle Bells was, in fact, a Thanksgiving song. All right, question two What does Alvin the chipmunk want for Christmas in the chipmunk song? A, a catcher's mitt, B, a toy truck, C, a hula hoop, or D, a microwave? Nick, don't confer <laughs> uh can you repeat those options a catcher's mitt b a toy truck c a hula hoop or d a microwave all right uh who's alvin <laughs> the main chipmunk he's the leader of I'll the chipmunks catcher's mitt catcher's mitt it's a, mitt? It's a hula hoop mm. i was also gonna say hula hoop it oh is hula hoop so you Literally are line you the are song. over two? Sure. Okay, yeah. over two. All right. Three. In 1944, Westchester grad Donald Gardner wrote what Christmas song? A. White Christmas. B. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. C. Baby, It's Cold Outside. Or D. All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. Uh, graduating from that school, and that's one of our claims to fame, I'll go with D. What was D? All I want for Christmas teeth. are my two friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with D, teeth. <laughs> Liz? I have no idea. I'll go with uh, Nick. Teeth. I'll go with teeth as well. Yeah. The answer is, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Apparently he was working as a teacher at the time and he asked, they were like five-year-olds, he asked them what they wanted for Christmas and noticed most of them were missing their teeth. Uh, and he wrote the song in 30 minutes and was surprised really? that it got like popular fun fact i lost my two front teeth the night before my mom married my stepdad so i have no teeth (laughs) to this day (laughs) loved that all right so say that we are tired right now all right well i've tried to make these easier so i'm okay then i you know i don't know music well i'm actually gonna skip this question because it's too easy you sure number 
Oh, is this four now? <laughs> I'm all confused. <laughs> Number four. Yeah. The singer of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, says he would not touch the Grinch with what? A, a 39 and a half foot pole. B, a seven and six eighths foot pole. C, a 46 foot pole. Or D, a 22.7 foot pole. Uh, whatever A was. You're saying A, a 39 and a half foot pole? That's correct. That's that is correct. That is also correct. All right, yes. I think I yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm four for four. That was correct. A thirty-nine hey. and a half foot pole. It's one song I, was, I mean, it's not your favorite, but it's the one song I think I remember. Um, last question. In "We Wish You a Merry Christmas," the carolers demand what food? A. A tuna casserole. B. Figgy pudding. C. A Christmas goose. Or D. Toast. Toast. I would I would prefer the tuna casserole though, but I think it is figgy pudding, which is B, I think. It is figgy pudding, that is correct. It is figgy pudding. Thank you for agreeing with me. Yes, it's figgy pudding. Because I tried <laughs> to make my questions easier because I felt bad for him for last week, and then he pulls this stunt. <laughs> well, out of curiosity, will you tell us your other two questions? Oh sure. Um, what brings Frosty the Snowman to life? A his corn cup pipe, B his magic mittens. C, a magic hat, or D, he does not come to life. Magic hat. Yes. And then uh, my seventh one was not a multiple choice. It was, what are the two months that have multiple federal holidays? That was has nothing to do with Christmas songs, but I just needed another question <laughs> in case he asked some of these questions. So what's this uh, song? Yeah, no one cares about the answer. <laughs> so. November. November. And... Oh. Two federal holidays. Two federal. November is definitely one of them. Right. Um, uh, it's only two federal holidays. Yes, I actually didn't write down the holidays. So. November and September. Anybody else guess? Uh, the only two months with multiple federal holidays. I got November. I don't know the other one. Well, actually, no, I'm changing my answer. Okay. I'm going to say November and January. Oh, yeah. You got anything? I was thinking January, February. Because January has New Year's Day, which is a federal holiday, and Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is a federal holiday. I believe it's a federal holiday. And November has? Veterans Day. Giving and Veterans Day. That is the correct answer, November and January. Yeah, let's crush it. Five out of five. Well, actually, I mean, I got. So following that up, uh, I think I got. What was that? Three out of five. Yes, you won this week. But overall. Uh, well, overall. Reagan would like to be crowned winner. No, oh. no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying between both of them. Oh, I didn't combined. know we were combining points. Oh. Okay, because I got four and then one, so I'm at five. So I'm still so beating you. Well. Two. So yeah. Nick has okay. one week, and Nick has one week. If yes. Clear so and actually, Nick they and also Nick. tied if you combine their scores for both weeks. Yes, well, we're not going to combine scores. It's still early. It's still early. Listen, we don't have any of this planned. <laughs> All right. That concludes this week's episode of Mouth Stuff with Nick and Nick with our special guests. Thank you, Reagan. Thank you, Liz. Uh, we will be back next week with some more topics and such. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye. And then last time I ended, 
in the middle of a sentence and my wife didn't like that and said you can only do that if you're going to do it